and welcome back to Hey, I'm Drake Frankfurt, the Buddhist Podcast, covering everything there is known in the English language about I'm Trent Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, best club in the world for that matter, but we are a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian and Casey. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter. That is at H-E-F. Pod. Hey, I'm Jack Frankfurt on Instagram. Drop us an email whenever you want to come on the show. That is hey, I'm Jack Frankfurt at gmail.com, fish.com slash HEF pod for all the latest Eintracht news information in the English language, one convenient location uh, where you can find fellow Eintracht fans. Go to hefpod.com where the latest episodes are all there. Uh, stored and uh, yeah, fill out the survey that will then point you out to where you can watch the Eintracht in a pub with fellow uh, like-minded individuals and no better place to talk to one of those like-minded individuals than going a little up north to a place that almost had a boat clog up the river. It is Chris in Detroit <laughs> How are things in the Mudder City? Oh, Brian, first of all, it's great to be back. It's been a while. Uh, real life happened, got in the way a bit. But let me tell you, nah, you're in the logistics game. The mm-hmm. Suez Canal has a boat go sideways. It takes like weeks to get that thing out of there. Here in Detroit, we had a, a 600-foot ship go sideways in our river today. You know, mm-hmm. like an hour, two hours. Let's just get that out of there. So I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe the rest of the world should take a hint or two from the way we do things here in Detroit. But uh, yeah, the boat crisis has been averted. Well, that's good to hear because it looked like it might stop stop things up. But before we talk about anything Eintracht related, give if you haven't had a chance, uh, give us if wherever you subscribe to this podcast, give it a like. And a review. It helps other Eintracht fans find us, and it happens to make it just a little bit easier uh, for our ratings. So, have a give us a few, just give us a few seconds. Pause the podcast before we get into the Eintracht discussion. Give us a like, rating, and review. And uh, yeah, if you happen to do that and take a screenshot of your rating or. It rating review and send it to hey eintrachtfreefred at gmail.com. We will send you some Eintracht, some hey eintracht frankfurt uh, themed co- uh, not koozies but uh, uh, beverage coasters so that you can uh, share with your friends. And uh, yeah, I know that we're going to be having the koozies and other merch coming down the planks. Chris, anything to say on that before we get into the Eintracht discussion? You know, now that I figured out my life, uh, I'll get back to the half pod world and we'll get the next <laughs> round of merch in. I got a few promotional things um, that I hope to have ready to go out before the uh, before the final in early June. So I'd like to get some of that out to listeners. So uh, as Brian mentioned, we're, we're working on the map on the website, halfpod.com. I'll have that updated this week. You tell us where you're having your watch party for the final. Uh, we'll make sure to share it on our social media channels. That map, if you don't know where to watch in, in a city or a country nearby, uh, we've got points listed in various countries in Europe. Um, I've got a couple of submissions I need to add from, I think one from Australia. So that's pretty cool. 
So yeah, wherever you are watching the final or watching a Bundesliga match, let us know. Uh, we want to make it a, a full community, uh, a global community of not just listeners to the show, but Bundesliga fans, because this is a Frankfurt podcast, but we like the German game. We like, <laughs> what did they call it a couple of years ago? Football, the way it's meant to be. So uh, I've got uh, some criticisms of that theme, but we make it so. Uh, us Eintracht <laughs> fans. Uh like to like to point out, and we'll we'll be able to get Big Tom on the podcast to put his spin yeah. on things. But uh, at the Legends in New York City is going to be uh, uh, Eintracht Frankfurt meetup. Uh, Matt from the podcast will be there with Big Tom and all the EFC New York crowd. Uh, if you are on the East Coast, you know whether you're a part of the EFC uh, Florida, the Carolinas, Atlanta, what have you, Billy. Philly, come to New York, obviously. Uh, these are circumstances. I will be in Kansas City, so you can find me at Casey Beer uh, Co. And uh, there are some, I think there's going to be a meetup in Madison. Those are some of the ones I know offhand. But if you're able to, go out to New York City. Enjoy yourself with fellow Entrick fans. Chris, uh, you want to remind us of what it was like to watch the Europa Pokal final in D.C. with other fellow Entrick fans? That's one year ago. That was probably my favorite non-Germany uh, experience watching Eintracht. Uh, the group with Matt and the crew at EFC DC was amazing. Absolutely fantastic time over there. Uh, I was thinking about going back for this final. Just doesn't work in my schedule. But, man, that was a good time. And, you know, it, it, we're such a small group of people. Um, but we're out there. You got to dig a little bit. But when you find those Frankfurt fans, they're the best people to party with, especially for another major championship. Exactly. It's another major championship that we are hoping just is added to our trophy cabinet. Um, we will be, uh, should uh, should Eintracht become the uh, champions of the Depe Pokal, that will put us in the tied for second place. Uh, for the most uh, Poco victories. So something to think about and something that we will just be going crazy for. But, Chris, I think it's time for us to look at the match itself. Eintracht Frankfurt, the Rhein-Main Derby, as some people call it, or just, you know, going down the river in a little boat, uh, as some other people would refer to it as. I think it's like a 30-minute S-Bahn ride. Uh, yeah, the Eintracht. And <laughs> this back to winning ways. Eintracht three, Mainz nil. Um, not really anything. Not a whole lot of bad to say about it. Uh, in this one, this was a glimpse of the Eintracht that we saw pre Champions League round of sixteen. Uh, we were at this Eintracht season. We in the spring have been absolutely bad. But the thing is, like, honestly, pre the uh, playing in the uh, round of 16 match, honestly, that's – since then we have not kind of shown what a really – like the depth and a quality of the team. Mine is uh, the Polkow matches. But here, for the first time since mid-February, we sh finally showed what we are capable of if we are focused and have a clear mindset. And, uh, yeah, 
considering all the drama that's been going on the last couple of days, it's refreshing to have a victory to talk about. Yeah, and I know we're going to get into it a little bit more later, but I think some of the air was cleared uh, with the Oliver Glasner situation cleared up before mm-hmm. this match. Uh, the announcement that he will be parting ways. Um, just a little bit of clarity. You know, so many rumors going around and just ha- maybe not having him on the touchline. I don't know. I I still like him. I think he's good for this group. Um, but we just kind of needed a breath of fresh air. And that was it uh, from start to finish. That was as complete of a match as we've played since probably that Herathon match in early February. Um, maybe going back to November with the win over Sporting in Champions League. That It's been that long since you saw everybody, all 11 players on the pitch, uh, play the game that we expect from them and come out with a result too. We played good ones in between. We've gotten results, but really the complete um, package had been lacking the whole time. And to put that all together here, when we were really reeling, it uh, was really refreshing to see. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Untracked had. Uh, things get started off as Dutchie Kamana earned himself a penalty in the 18th minute where he then put it away. Um, you know, he had an okay match, in my opinion, considering his exit that his yet-to-be-determined location. It seems like it's... I just heard AC Milan today. Yeah, the so we've had Milan, we've had Roma discussed, we even had Barcelona briefly mentioned, but, I mean, shoot, those guys got uh, financial problems coming out of their ears that nobody can really understand. Uh, he was even linked with move to uh, England, and I know that uh, Benfica in Portugal was also one that was mo- continuously mooted after he did not make the move to the Lisbon-based uh, club. I uh, I was very pleased to be able to see him score a goal for the Eintracht in what could be uh, one of his his last home match, possibly, considering what might or might not happen uh, when we do play against Freiburg in two weeks' time. But, you know, it's good that he's able to kind of look get a goal as his time with the Eintracht draws to a close uh, when it comes to at least playing in uh, Frankfurt. Well, I think it's important to remember that every goal he scores the rest of the way out, uh, that number goes up just to, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to profit off of his sale, but that return um, on, Hey, look what that guy in Frankfurt did before he came here. That's a good way to see more guys that might say, Hey, I'm going to take a shot. Daichi Kamada went from a scrawny little kid to a multiple trophy champion. And, you know, that's the kind of guy who came in with a lot of expectations attached. And sometimes he showed up looking like the best ball handler we've had in an attacking midfielder in years. And other times he did the way he finished off in the 80 something minute the other day, missing the open net. So it was a (laughs) roller coaster with him, but I think, the dollar signs that we can see, not from a sale, because that's not happening here, but from the um, future players of his caliber and his uh, stature coming in, I think we become more likely to recruit those guys going forward. 
and of the players who are uh, currently in position to leave on free transfers. I look at um, him as the only one that honestly we would like to sign, but we are but it's a guarantee that we're not going to sign because I still think that I weirdly still think that Indica might kind of look at everything that's been put forward in front of him and think, you know what, I can start week in, week out. I've won things here. I know the guys. And just, you know, maybe he just thinks, you know, resign. At some point, you will likely will leave. But I, I don't know. Well, I just look at I look at his situation way differently than Kamada, whereas Kamada is a desired property. And Indica is kind of a, I think it just the season has just not been a good one for him, even though he looks solid. Uh, at this weekend, but then again, uh, the defeat, uh, the defense of Indica, Tuta, and Torre was not really challenged as much. The midfield was just dominated all over the place. If you if you look at Indica over the last few years, uh, as far as stock goes, this is as low as it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's still a pretty decent. He's still a good value given his skill set and what we know he has the potential to be. Um, in a position that's kind of hard to find guys like him. So I would love to come to terms with him because I think, you know, the way that he has held things together back there pretty well, even in a down year, um, I would like to take another run at him if his heart is in it. And then the worst that happens, we say, hey, we're going to give you friendly terms on an exit in the future to a place you desire. But right now, you know this is a good place for you. You know you can compete here week in and week out versus going to England or wherever and having to fight a lot harder for it. I would say more than just fight a lot harder for it. I think it would be more of a, hey, uh, not only are you coming in uh, not being the like one of the two or one of the three center backs, you know, you're going to find yourself coming off the bench maybe – Somewhere down the line, you prove yourself to be that, but everything's not a guarantee. Now, some people would say, hey, you know what? I want to take that challenge with both hands. At The, the thing is, um, the patience of that island in the middle of the North Sea across the English Channel from France, their patience level is not that we – I mean, we had of extreme – we gave him an extremely long leash from – when he made the move to Eintracht, you know, he's basically had at least, you know, that first season, he had over 30 appearances in league and the and Europe. We gave him the chances here, there, everywhere. And outside of, eh, I seem to recall him being injured for a decent bit of 2021. Honestly, was, he was constantly in the starting 11 week in, week out. And uh, we let him evolve into the player that he is, making his mistakes, having successes. And like I said, if he leaves, uh, he will find things a lot different once he uh, leaves the Eintracht. But you know what? I've, I've said enough on that. How about we talk about a player who contributes to the defense, who actually had a uh, great moment in the match, Buta. 
I mean, when we signed him on a free transfer, I was very concerned because he was coming in uh, from Antwerp, and I was like, the dude's got, like, injury. He's got the injury bug. What are we doing picking up a guy like that? And he's continued to, you know, perform. Like, ever since he's gotten his feet underneath him in terms of uh, getting minutes, getting just he's been a really good contributor that I did not see coming. I thought that that yeah. this was going to be a flop. I was thinking that Torre would would need to be our guy on the right, but Buta has really made it his own role. And all I've wondered all season long has been uh, if Knauf should be playing out on the right. And I've been proven wrong, and I've been constantly wanting to know what if we had held on to Kostic. Like, I mean, the sheer idea of having someone on the other wing who could compliment him uh, was always something we desperately, desperately wanted. But this man's been a great uh, contributor to the Eintracht uh, uh, this spring. You know, it's interesting you bring up Knauf because he's he's one that I think has more of the, the sizzle in the game. Uh, but Buta, the way... He, he just does the work. Not always pretty, but always there. Always, you know, getting into the mix and uh, the setup from Tuta to Buta. You, you can't <laughs> underestimate the weight that Tuta put on that ball was just outstanding. And then Buta running under it and putting his boot through it was just world class. One of my favorite goals of the weekend worldwide. Are you sure? You're, uh, are you done rhyming, though? <laughs> you know, if uh, you know, if Croatia could bring in a couple more Utes, and then we can throw a few more in there, I wouldn't mind it. Well, I'm pretty sure there's some German kid with an Uta in their name who might be able to uh, join the Eintracht. It's just the question whether the quality will be there. Uh, some quality that we ha- did see on display. Uh, yes, uh, Ronda Kodomolani was able to get another goal for the Eintracht this season. Um, his, that brings his Bundesliga total to, I believe, 14 goals. I mean, we're running out of ways to just kind of interpret how amazing this player has been in his just one season with the Eintracht. It is just a pleasure to watch him uh, week in, week out. Because I, I, I was aware of the fact that he was a good player, and that's why Nolts uh, wanted so badly to get a transfer fee. Because they're like, hey, we know how good this guy can be. Don't fuck – don't – yeah, I might as well throw the expedition attack. Don't fuck us here and just get him to agree to sign for free just, you know, later down the line. Now, they kind of enjoyed playing in Europe, made it to uh, – at uh, the French Cup final again, but I'm looking at this guy and I'm thinking to myself, son of a bitch. If we could, like, if we knew, if we honestly, I look at it and I kind of wonder, it's like, if we would have known how good this guy was going to be, which we did not, uh, like, we had the inclination that this guy could be really good. If we had known, like, could have seen into the future, I'm pretty sure we would have pulled the, the, the money trigger. Uh, at the, at that time to have gotten him last summer, and I mean, who knows? Europa Pokal, Depe Pokal, 
maybe not the Bundesliga title, but holy crap. Like, <laughs> we'd be in such a crazy different position than we are in now. And Well, no, no, I, I disagree. We would just find a different way to get to where we are now. We always seem to end up in that place where, look, we the last time I was on the show, I think late January, we were still talking about treble potential. That's, you know, like light yeah. years behind us now. Um, yeah. But that's how quick things change in this game. But there's no mistaking the fact that having a guy like Kola Muwani come in at exactly when he did in a severe position of need that we had to fill. I mean, it, it, it was exhausting trying to find offense at times without him there. And then he comes in and, and it's like everything came together, even without Philip Kostic feeding perfect balls to the middle. Um, we saw mm-hmm. what Kostic did for the career of Silva, who moves on and says, hey, that grass isn't quite as green as I thought it was going to be. Um, but to have a guy like RKM come in there and the ball's coming in a totally different way. He's having to do some creation on his own. He doesn't have world-class uh, left legs feeding the ball to him, but he's the kind of guy who's fast enough to do it on his own, creative enough. He can create space with his limited body size. It really is. He's the full package. And, you know, God, I, do we do everything to keep him or do we do the right business thing? Well, it's a question of who comes in with the money. I on I look at his performance now. He's different than uh, of the strikers that are kind of out there, likely to be bought for stupid money. There's kind of only one other guy who's in that same category as him, and that's Victor Ozemans, who we saw for Napoli. Damn, he was good. Yeah. But honestly, yeah. yeah, like you, like Napoli has already come out and said, yeah, you have to get into the nine-digit figures for us to even contemplate, you know, selling him. And honestly, I think that Randall Konomolani has proved himself with less surrounding him than Victor Osmonds to be that caliber of player. It's kind of like, look at... I really hate you looking at that island across the English Channel, but you love it. Holland, Holland, look at what he's done. He's actually broken the English uh, goal scoring record since the the Premier League was founded in the early nineties. He's broken their goal scoring record, single season goal scoring record, and he still has multiple games left to play. And this and this is all during a time when they are have only got. 20 uh, uh they've only got 38 matches for him to play in that's oh okay. my god i i i i love randall cola muani and i think he's been one of the better players in the bundesliga this year but you're not really comparing his 14 goals to erling Haaland and his like 30 whatever right no i'm I mean, saying if, i'm saying no, dethroning i don't know i'm saying that he could like if he's surrounded, look, he's not Erling Holland is surrounded by way, way better talent right now. Erling Holland's got what was it got like close to fifty goals, like in all competitions, like some and stupid, he had better, ridiculous. He had talent. better surroundings at Dortmund too, but you know it, 
the fact that Kolomowani has done a lot of it for himself, a lot of unassisted type mm-hmm. work, um, that doesn't necessarily mean he's at that. I, if you had asked me in January, early February, yes, he's worth over a hundred million, but you can't ignore the fact that he went long periods of time of being inefficient over the last couple months. And that's mm-hmm. got to raise some red flags for people signing checks. The difference between say 70 million and 90 or a hundred plus million, it's only a few goals. Yeah. It's uh, he's, he's in the category of player that we haven't seen in decades at Eintracht. Like he's yes. a, just a talent that we just have not seen. And I kind of wonder what he could do. Kind of like, I mean, Holland has just blossomed over there once he had vastly better players to surround him by. Manchester City is, by leaps and bounds, a better team, like from top to bottom, than everyone else in their league. Bruce Dortmund, like, their second, like, and they've always kind of been seen as the second most talent, third most talented team in the Bundesliga. So it's not like it's, though he was playing with a bunch of scrubs, but. Uh, when you hey, when you when the when the ever when all the elements surrounding the player are correct, when the that's what I'm looking for. When the collective balance is right, the the team will flourish, and that's you know what we have seen with Holland. I kind of wonder if Kolomani can be that, but hey, you know what? We can basically say we know he can be this guy, so we're just gonna sit on him. He's got a he signed a five year contract. That boy can sit at, will sit and play every single week, and someone can eventually come up with the cash to uh, pay us what we want. Or yeah, I guess we can technically wait until he, you know, I guess, is also does a commodity and leaves on a free. But hey, in the meantime, we'll we'll get what we can from him. Anyways, I kind of but let's not hold on, hold on, one more thing, one one more thing. Let's not forget that a five year contract in this sport means jack shit uh the the contracts mean nothing in the game right now uh he might be signed for five years but if he wants to go this summer and we want to sign future players of his caliber we're going to have to sell him because the players dictate now the way that that movement works so if he wants to go we have to facilitate that otherwise the next time we get a player of that level uh they're not going to want to sign because they'll say hey look what you did to that guy you know, we're a stepping stone club, and we have to remember that at times like this. We might have to accept $70 million instead of $100 million because of just the economic factors involved. Well, that's fair. Anyways. So first the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it's fine. It is what it is. But... Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's look to other items, shall we? So we already talked about Buta. We've talked about Ronda Kolomolani, uh, whose goal uh, I kind of made. I saw on Instagram, on Chuck Frankfurt's Instagram, they made a uh, comparison of Marco van Basten in 1988 uh, or uh, Buta. I mean, goodness me, it's pretty damn close. Um before we go to the hashtag, what are we drinking? Because that will be our uh, segment breaker. I'm Turks Fly. Uh, because uh, the other team that is at the, the closest team to promotion is FC Gießen. 
they have decided not to put forward an application to uh, to for a license to play in the Regional Liga. So Eintracht, at this moment in time, can consider themselves the champions of the Hessen Liga and promotion to the Regional Liga Sudwest, where teams a little bit closer, uh, all, still close to home, are going to be uh, what we can expect from uh, the Eintracht. But Regional Liga Sudwest sounds much better than the Hessian Liga. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly a step up. And that means that our, our second team is going to be playing better competition. Uh, they're going to be playing, you know, the the whole goal. What we've been missing as an organization is that path from the youth to the senior team. And this is supposed to be that bridge. So mm-hmm. if we can take some of these under-21s and say, hey, guess what? This guy's been playing out of his mind. Let's give him a shot. We have that in our arsenal now and playing against better competition uh, is going to be that next process in developing those guys to be future members of the senior team. Yeah. Right. Uh, the most recent the team that we will most likely not be facing next season. Uh, well, okay. I'm trying to uh, trail is going to be relegated, so we won't get to play them, but uh, Ramatia Verms, uh, there's a chance that we could face a Koblenz, uh, depending on if they're able to get out of the relegation struggle. But the really big names you got, you got multiple Hessian clubs in Offenbach, the dreaded mm-hmm. enemy of Offenbach. We got Kassel, we got FSV Frankfurt, Steinbach Heiger. We got even Little Fulda are going to be in there. So uh, not exactly tri- uh, away trips that we have to go very far for, but we will get to look forward to playing against, you know, a couple of reserve. Uh, we're not going to be the only reserve team there. Uh, Stuttgart, Mainz, and Hoffenheim all have reserve teams in this league. Uh, we won't likely play Ulm to, you know, have revenge on those guys who knocked us out of the Pokal that year. That was embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but th- this is, ex- yeah, like you said, uh, exactly where we need to be. There's a number of players that uh, will still qualify for the under-21 uh, age restrictions. So a number of players. I would like to see uh, Nacho, who's been kind of the main goal scorer. He's only 18. I'd like to, you know what, give him, like, a shot during training camp for whomever becomes the Eintracht manager. I'd like uh, him to at least have a good look in for, I don't know, they move him over to whatever... Uh, uh, whatever guy, who, whomever is going to be running uh, the Iron Trucks fire. Maybe he needs another season of that and kind of build up from there. Then, uh, you know, maybe along to Zweite uh, Liga and Zweite Liga subsequently to kind of get that building box, allow our players to develop. Because, man, it's been a long time since we've had a guy come through a system who played considerable minutes at a regular level, and that was Ivan Barcock, who was on the other side of the pitch against Mainz because he made the transfer uh, in the offseason. It's been so long since we've had someone come through the the Frankfurt ranks, and it's not like we haven't had talent there. It's just not been given, honestly, a good opportunity. And uh, this is how how Freiburg is currently doing things. Their third division team, their reserve team is in the third division right now, they are second in the Dritta Liga. 
right now. And honestly, how Freiburg is able to continue to do what they're doing within the Bundesliga and in Europe is by making very smart decisions with the players that they do buy and the players that they do sell, but utilizing their reserve team to provide guys who will then be key contributors to that team. Because, hey, guess what? I mean, it's been a second, yes, since Bayern replicated that same thing themselves, but there are multiple players uh, in the last decade who have come through uh, playing with Bayern, who've gone through the Bayern reserves, for example, uh, none other than uh, Müller. So, I mean, it, it, the, the path is there. <sighs> Chris, I think it's time for a hashtag, what are we drinking, your favorite part of the podcast. What do you got for us? This is the part of the podcast where I excel. Um, but, you know, I got to ease things back in a little bit, uh, coming back into the show again. Um, I am non-alcoholic tonight. I'm drinking mm. Verner's, uh, the Detroit <laughs> original Verner's. Now, recently, I have been drinking uh, <laughs> Brew Detroit, um, local place here in Corktown. Brew Detroit as a hazy called Unstoppable, which... Man, once I get going on that, I'm unstoppable. Really good stuff. <laughs> good to hear that. Uh, I'm also on the non-alcohol thing. Uh, folks, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, so I got the Spreshers, uh Fire Brewed Root Beer. Uh, got a huge pack when I went to uh, Costco and uh, been flying through those guys. Good stuff. Not going to lie. Really enjoy it. I like how we feel the need to apologize. <laughs> Sorry for going yeah. non-alcoholic tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, well, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It is what it is. But that's going to wrap it's it good. up for segment one of Hey, I'm Trek Favorite. Stay with us for segment two, where we get to talk about the most exciting team in the city of Frankfurt, DeFrauen. Stay with. Second two of Frankfurt. It's now time to talk about Eintracht Frankfurt Frauen, our Frauen corner, and what an ass kicking uh, the ladies did. They played at the Vodge Stadion, had 18,000 fans there, and yeah, we put a hurting on Wolfsburg, who basically guaranteed uh, Bayern to win uh, the Frauen Bundesliga title for this season, and uh, yeah, it was just the most complete performance we've seen in a minute from the ladies. And this is a team that is in the champion, the the UEFA Women's Champions League final in uh, Wolfsburg. So this is a very impressive uh, performance from them for nil, and uh, one that nobody will uh, soon forget. (laughs) You know, this one was wild because what, how we got up so early and so excited uh, for the Wolfsburg match, the away match early in the year, and just flopped. In the first five minutes, I think we were down 2-0. I mean, it was brutal. Um, <laughs> this one was the complete opposite. Uh, both teams came out swinging early, but, man, the women of Frankfurt just 
It, the first goal kind of got a lucky bounce 17 minutes in. But from that point on, uh, Wolfsburg had plenty of chances, but Frankfurt was just the better team. And it says a lot about the top end of the Bundesliga right now, the Frauen Bundesliga, that Frankfurt has two losses on the season. Two. And we're saying, man, this is a disappointing year. This is disappointing sitting on two losses and three draws being the only negative side of the, of the standings. And yet that's going to leave us out of title contention and all of our goals unmet. But what it does against a team like Wolfsburg, who's going to play in the cup final, they're going to play in the UEFA final. We are competitive at the talent level against them. Some organizational things, maybe not, certainly not the depth and the experience that they have. We're still a young team, but I think next year, we don't go into that first matchup with them terrified, especially on the road. Um, they played that one in their big stadium, um, and the ladies came out with their eyes just, you know, a horrified look in their face. Uh, they were not afraid of that this time. They took a couple early punches, came back. Uh, Nicole Aniami, absolutely sensational goal. And Laura Fragging with the midfield touch to, to kind of set that run up. And then her two goals in the second <laughs> half, just outstanding. Oh, I mean, come, really, what, about, what about the, oh, come on, come on. You got to admit that your favorite was the last. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was that, pressure car on the ground? Just like, I, I don't know. I was like, oh, there's such a chance there with a two-on-one. And then, holy shit, her leg just kind of whips around and puts the ball right through the defender. It, that was great. I mean, it, look, this, this season – we weren't going to win the title. We knew that a few weeks ago, but we kind of identified this game as one where let's see what they have left in the tank. And is, are they still hungry? Do they still have that fire in the belly? And they showed that they did. Um, now mm-hmm. all we got to do is make up like a 30 a goal point. differential over well, the next so last have, two games here. You know, we could jump up to two. We can jump to <laughs> second. Yes. Uh, I don't know how, it's not going to gonna happen. The, Let's not yeah, even entertain it, it. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, we've got the six-point gap on Hoffenheim. We need just one point. And I will say, Hoffenheim did a, really ran us to the end, but Bayern uh, yeah. beating Hoffenheim at the weekend kind of sealed the deal for everything. Look at the difference between uh, fourth and fifth. It really is becoming – this season really has been a four – teams going for the uh, three European spots because there is a whopping 16-point difference between Hoffenheim in fourth and Leverkusen in fifth. Woof. And look at the names involved there. Uh, that's a, you know, has and Potsdam at the bottom. Potsdam at yeah. the bottom. Yeah. They, they were competing with us last year for that three spot. Um, and they're going to go down. It's absolutely... The shock of the year, I think. Uh, only two wins out of twenty matches to this point. It's uh, it's crying shame, but hey, uh, Europe is all but sealed. Just need one single solitary point to confirm that. That will mean that we will go again into the first round of qualifying, of which a lot of the slots have actually been filled by teams uh, playing that. And yes, Ajax will be there. Damn it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But 
it will be, it'll at least be possibly different the next time around. But uh, I th- yeah, Chris, I just think that uh, the that's still the goal that threw off hard. the whole year. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it took a lot to recover from that emotionally. Agree, totally agree on that. But it is what it is. Can't really change. And shout it. out to uh, CBS Sports and ATA Football for putting that one up here in the states. You keep putting it up. We'll keep watching. I promise. Just give us a little bit further heads up because I practically didn't have anything on it. And then, well, uh, <laughs> I was woke up. I, I was woke up like two hours before I kick off. And I was like, uh, I'll be fine. I'll just set an alarm. Nope, so I'm right through it. And uh, would, it just would. Yeah, so it's kind of early in Kansas. And the start times for the final matches are earlier than your. <clears throat> Then your Zweite Liga matches or your Dritte Liga matches, even in Germany. But it is. Uh, yes, so Eintracht Frauen taken care of. Eintracht do have a team, uh, an addition for next season to add. Uh, the Egyptian international Omar Mahush has signed from uh, Wolfsburg. A uh, contract that will last until 2027. Can play right wing, left wing, center forward, and has. Uh, can, and Canadian uh, connection as well. So, Chris, I've seen a little bit of him, uh, but you, as someone who's also got a Canadian connection, uh, what's your th- what's your first thoughts and opinions on uh, the first of many additions to the Eintracht? I'll be honest; I didn't know of the Canadian connection until you brought it up. Um, <laughs> but I, one of the things I look at with him, he's twenty four. He's not as young as some other guys we brought in. Um, hasn't, you know, put up shocking stats, uh, but he's made the most of his opportunity. And a big thing for me, he's been in the country since 2017. So he's assimilated. He's, he's going to be comfortable in that environment. You don't have to go through the process you do with some of the others that transfer in to Germany and get them comfortable. He's in the rhythm. Uh, haven't been in Stuttgart, St. Pauli and Wolfsburg. He's more than familiar with the Bundesliga right now. So he should come in ready to rock and roll. Yep, kind of gone through the system. Uh, it's going to quite a lot of time with Wolfsburg in the Bundesliga, like in terms of appearances and everything. Uh, but, yeah, just kind of uh, makes you – really makes me scratch my head and wonder where the uh, where things didn't kind of go right. But then again, it's Wolfsburg. Like, that. that's not saying a whole lot. Saying that, like, hey, just didn't turn out well for him. Um, during his time that he was with Wolfsburg, he was under Oliver Glasner, who did send him out on loan to St. Pauli at Stuttgart. So, I mean, take that with what you will, because multiple guys would like to think that they can uh, uh, do something for the Eintracht in the future. Uh, I'm thinking of a certain Norwegian who's been, uh, I mean, some people Coming still back. not feeling very uh, good about that, but hey, you know what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Oh, I was able to find out wh- where his Canadian passport comes from. Uh, his parents uh, worked in Canada for six years and uh, had been, uh, but he had otherwise lived in uh, Egypt his entire life. But via his parents, is able to, but. Uh, 
claim Brian, the Canadian he, citizenship. I did not realize it was so up. easy to to wear the maple leaf. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're the nicest people on the planet for a reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you you brought up Matt's favorite Norwegian. Um, is there a path back for him? Have, has that been opened up now that there's Honestly, talk about I think our offense if, changing over so much? I think that there's absolutely 100 uh, percent an opportunity for him to join. Uh, this is Jens Peter Hauge. I think there is a chance for him to join the Eintracht uh, for the 23-24 season because, you know, hey, new coach. I think that who whomever takes over there will look at uh, him. We'll look at uh, Ragnar Ache. We'll look at Ali Akman. I mean, we'll look at God, uh, please, Igor Mantinovic and uh, Jerome Ongwini and kind of basically make some decisions from there. Um, uh, Antonio Fonti has uh, got a two-season loan spell at Hanover. So he'll continue to uh, be playing in Lower Saxony, um, but yeah, I think I think that everyone will be given the opportunity unless they openly say, "Nope, not interested." I think everyone will get be given the opportunity to prove themselves, and we'll just kind of go from there. There's so many things uh, that are uh, yet to be decided in that, and we still have the poll count coming up, Chris. I'm looking already. I want to kind of move away from you know player movements to the fact that we're entering um, match day 33 against Schalke, but I'm looking at the Bundesliga uh, relegation race. I'm looking at the promotion race from the Zweite Liga, and it is hot, 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 hot. Hertha is basically all but relegated. Uh, they got like a, a match against. Bullhome, that is kind of like a, hey, a do-or-die situation, whereas they need us to also defeat Schalke and Stuttgart not to pick up points. I mean, technically speaking, Hoffenheim and Augsburg are not out of the woods yet. Well, Augsburg's pretty close to done and dusted. Hoffenheim, uh, they're, they're still in that relegation shout, but, you know, Hoffenheim on 32 points, 31 points for Bochum, 30 points for Schalke, 29 points for Stuttgart. It is so close down there. I'm really excited for uh, what the rest of the Bundesliga has left for uh, the, remaining, the remaining matches for this weekend because it's, it's, it's like in it, if you ever get bored – with the Bundesliga, uh, if Bayern is pulling away with the league, with the league, which has happened more times than we care to count, um, you just need to look at the race for Europe, the race for uh, against relegation. As I mentioned, Hertha, Bochum, relegation six pointed. That basically will sign, seal, and deliver everything. Hoffenheim has got Union and Berlin, and Mainz has got Stuttgart. Uh, like I said, Augsburg kind of out of the woods. They might take it easy on Borussia Dortmund whilst we have no idea what Leipzig will do to FC Bayern. It would be hilarious if Bayern drops points and Dortmund actually wins. But it would be totally Dortmund if Bayern drops points and uh, Dortmund also drops points. So there's that. And uh, as I mentioned, the Zweite Liga 
is exciting as well. You got Darmstadt who, who have secured uh, the play. Uh, they have secured the playoffs uh, position, but the thing is, like with uh, the rest of the league, like you got Hamburg, who technically speaking could finish like outside the top three, but because of them winning at the weekend, uh, Heidenheim and Darmstadt both losing, now there's only there's four points that separate Darmstadt from Hamburg. Heidenheim has made sure with uh, 61 points that they are guaranteed minimum finishing in the playoffs. Hamburger Sportsverein might be able to pull it off getting into uh, Heidenheim's uh, promotion spot. I think it's really hard for Darmstadt to fall down to the playoffs. But, uh, you know, it'd be a Hessian thing to have to only uh, <laughs> deal with playoffs. But what's your what's the most exciting thing that you are looking at when it comes to the Bundesliga? Is it the relegation fight? Is it a promotion fight? Or are you just waiting for the uh, title race to be done and the relegation playoff to finally commence? You know, in... In previous years, that Zweitliga, not just the race to the three spot, but the entire title mm-hmm. has been up in the air for three, four, five, six teams in the <laughs> last couple of weeks. This is the first year in a while where things are pretty well spaced out with the top three. Not that somebody else couldn't jump in, but it would take a lot of paperwork to get that done. Um, I really, the, the one that's getting me is that bottom of the first Bundesliga, uh, that race to get up to 15 because, you know, Schalke sitting on 30, Bochum 31, Hoffenheim 32, Augsburg 34. That's probably it right there. I I think Bremen's probably safe at 35 points. Um, But man, I mean, anything could happen. Even Stuttgart could pull themselves out here. Uh, Just a lot to play for in the final two weeks at the bottom of the table. And we've been there. I mean, we've been down to the last um, couple minutes uh, thinking we were safe and then going to a relegation playoff. We don't have to revisit that memory again, but we've been there. We know how that feeling is, and I wouldn't I wouldn't ever want to go back there, uh, God willing. We don't go back there to that battle again, but it's nice to watch other people battle it out, uh, especially some of those names we don't like. Really looking forward to seeing Hertha Berlin go down uh, wouldn't mind seeing Schalke get humbled one more time. Um, Balcom, whatever. Don't really have a feeling on them. But uh, Stuttgart, you know, the way they saved themselves last year, made themselves uh, TikTok stars for a little bit with that uh, last-minute heroics. Um, I don't know. It'll be an interesting race to the finish here. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting finish, man. going to be an exciting finish. And thank God we're just uh... – not down there like we were in 1516. Am I right? Yeah, thank God we're mid-table. Yay. <laughs> All righty. Well, like I said, we have a, we've got a match against a relegation uh, threatening uh, threatened team. It is uh, Schalke, Nufia, and uh, Chris. I'm looking at this, and I'm saying that I, I like whilst we looked good at the weekend. I think this Schalke team is a team of destiny, and their destiny is to survive this relegation scare. And I don't think we're actually gonna we're not gonna take like a pumping, but this is just yeah, this uh, we're Schalke's gonna just want it more. And I'd be absolutely shocked 
if the Eintracht came away with more than one point from this. So I'm calling a 2-1 victory for Schalke as the most likely result. But hey, I'm more than happy to be pleased by a draw or obviously a win uh, to possibly, possibly, because we record this on Wednesday, uh, Leverkusen takes on uh, Roma in their semifinal second leg of the Europa League. So who knows what the heck we're going to see from uh, Leverkusen uh, from their last two matches. Uh, We saw how we did in the league as the season came to a close uh, last season. But uh, your prediction? You know, I'm supposed to be the negative one here. That's usually how this back and forth works. I don't feel as bad about it as you do, mostly because I saw how we played over the weekend. Um, I don't know if our problems are fixed, but I'm comfortable with the step that we took in playing a good game when there really wasn't a lot to play for, even against a rival like that. Um, this one, I'm a little worried about Schalke because they play more physical than we do, uh, in recent, recent months, I'd say going back to probably February, we're not as physical. We don't seek that, uh, that that tackle the way we used to with Rhoda going in literally face first sometimes or other guys uh, just kind of shying away from the ball. I think Tuta has got to be a little more physical when the opportunity presents itself. He hasn't thrown his weight around too much. So I could see us conceding. Uh, This is a classic trap game, not like the kind that you're caught off guard like you're talking about. I'm talking this is a Kevin trap game. Uh, where he's going to do something crazy that we're going to say, man, where would we be without him today? I think we come out of this with a with a really hard-fought victory. I'm going to say two to one uh, with probably three to four world-class saves by the one and only Kevin Trapp. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll definitely <laughs> take it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Hey, it's uh, anything can happen at this end of the season run that we're on. And uh, remember, we still, June 3rd, got our match against Leipzig. So, I mean, there's and one more thing. There's precedence for where we're going right now um, because last year we had nothing to play for in the league and everything to look forward to in the Cup. Uh, but we also correct. knew we didn't want to forego just any sense of good form um, even though we couldn't find it in the league, it was still important to run the guys out there to keep them in rhythm. So I think having last year's experience is going to help Oliver Glasner pick his squad this year. Now I'm done. <laughs> well, and uh, yeah, with that, that'll wrap it up for this episode 269 of Hey, I'm Frequent. I'd like to thank Chris for joining me on this episode. Chris, where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world? Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Discord, Peloton, at C in the D, 313. And uh, again, hefpod.com. I'm going to have that updated this week. We'll get the map going with uh, with DFB, Pokal, and now watch parties. Um, you said Casey Beer in Kansas City, right? Oh, yeah. Always. Always. We're looking at Atwater Brewery in Gross Point here in Detroit. I'll have more details on that next week. There we go. And, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. That is at Casey SGE. The show, uh, uh, 
podcast uh, Twitter feed is at H-E-F pod. Hey, I'm Derek Frayford on Instagram. Hey, I'm Derek Frayford at gmail.com. Send us your e- me, uh, screenshot of your rating and review to get the Hey, I'm Derek Frayford themed uh, podcast themed coasters sent directly by the mail to you guys. Snail mail because we've got to keep some people employed. <laughs> uh, by the way, those coasters are great when the ref makes a bad call. You can whip it at the TV, and it will not hurt your TV. I've tested it a hundred times already. Goodness. Uh, what will it be like <laughs> if we win the Pokal? We will find out. And, uh, yeah, other ways to it, other ways to support the podcast, as I mentioned, the right-hand review. And supporting us in our social media uh, locations here, there, and everywhere. We'll be back with episode 270, where we will look at the latest news and information that covers this wonderful club that is I'm Jack Frankfurt. Until next time, juice! Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Hey, I'm